This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the Academy Show on the Blood Red podcast channel. My name is Paul Wheelock and I am delighted to be joined on this week's show by our Liverpool FC correspondent James Pearce. It's been a brilliant week for Jurgen Klopp's senior side, with the superb wins over Tottenham and Paris Saint-Germain, but it's also been seven days to remember for the club's younger teams. Neil Critchley's under-23s got their Premier League two season up and running on Saturday. They beat Swansea 3-0 at the academy with goals from first-team strikers Divock Origi and Dominic Solanke, as well as defender Nat Phillips. Earlier on in the day, Barry Luce's under-18s made it three straight victories in the under-18s Premier League. They won 4-1 at Newcastle with goals from Fidel O'Rourke and one each from Lewis Longstaff and Bobby Duncan. Luce's then took charge of the under-19 side that beat Paris Saint-Germain 5-2 in St Helens on Tuesday in the away for Youth League. Rafa Camacho and Curtis Jones, who impressed on the first team's tour of America in the summer, were on target. There were also goals for Bobby Adekanye and Reese Williams. So I caught up with James Pearce to talk further about the hat-trick of wins and about some of the young Reds players who are catching the eye. James also speaks about the shock departure of Liverpool women manager Neil Redfern. The women's side ended a difficult week by beating Durham on penalties on Sunday after the League Cup tie between the sides finished free all. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hi James, thanks for joining me. Well, the first team are enjoying a brilliant week, but the same could be said of the club's younger teams and particularly the under-18s. Yeah, been a been a fantastic period for um, for the youngsters at the academy. Uh, made a really promising start the 18s under under Barry Lutus, and and certainly continued that with uh, you know a, a thumping win over over Newcastle at the weekend, and then maintaining that uh, that fine streak against PSG in the UEFA Youth League uh, on Tuesday afternoon. It was uh, you know five two kind of flattered PSG a bit really because. Uh, Certainly, in the opening half hour, there was a, a big gulf between the teams, and I think um, you, know, you could see the probably the different approaches of the two clubs as well. I think obviously PSG have spent an absolute fortune on on bringing in ready-made, proven talent. Well, uh, you know Liverpool are still hugely committed to bringing through players from their academy, as we've seen with you know Trent Alexander Arnold, Arnold's progress, and 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 certainly uh, yeah, Liverpool's. Uh, Youngsters gave uh, gave the, gave the French visitors uh, a bit of a pasting. Yeah, a couple of the goal scorers pick out first and foremost. Rafa Camacho and Curtis Jones. They're the two players that Liverpool fans know well from what they got up to on tour and the performances in America. It's almost back to earth for them a bit, but it seems like they're they're knuckling down and doing well. They have, yeah. I think that was always going to be a, a test for them because you know they they enjoyed such great experiences in the summer and playing in front of a hundred thousand people in in Michigan and. All the plaudits ringing in their ears, and and obviously, you know, I think maybe reality bites a little bit once the full squad is back together, and all the World Cup boys have come back, and then suddenly they look at it and go, "Oh, actually, you know, suddenly maybe the first team feels a a little while off, um, a little while away again." But um, no, I mean, both of those those boys still training at Melwood regularly. I think important for them to to drop down to the academy to play matches when they can to maintain sharpness. And I think you could really see in that game against PSG the benefits of them training at Melwood and working with such high-calibre players and being coached by Klopp on a on a daily basis because uh, yeah Camacho and Curtis Jones were uh, were head and shoulders above most of the the players out there. Um, you know, great for Camacho to get 
two goals um and again you know showing his his value at, at both ends of the pitch very versatile youngster and then obviously Curtis Jones you know st- still still relatively young for uh, for that competition but um yeah you know really impressive display in in midfield and showcasing what an exciting talent Liverpool have got on their hands Another player we, we picked out for praise in the game was Bobby Adekanya. He's a winger. I believe he's been doing well for the under-23s as well this season. Is he another kind of player we should be on the lookout for? He is, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it's he's been talked about a lot, Adekanya, for a few years now. There was you know, obviously massive excitement when when Liverpool got him off Barcelona. Barcelona were pretty furious about about losing him. Um, but you know, he hasn't quite kicked on, I think it's fair to say, as... As many people expected him to, um, you know. I think when you speak to coaches at the academy, I think there's a certain amount of you know, it's kind of excitement mixed with frustration with Adekanye because you 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 see he's got all the tools there. He doesn't necessarily always bring them to the fore, and you know he's blessed with unbelievable pace and skill. And but you know, quite often, especially you know the, the times when I've seen him play. Sometimes he can flatter to deceive in terms of his, his his final output because you know he can he can go on a fantastic run and then it either can't find the finish or can't find the cross uh, and it goes begging and I know I know the staff have been speaking to him about you know being more ruthless in that final third because ultimately that's going to decide whether you know he stays at Liverpool or whether he has to go elsewhere to to forge himself a professional career um, but yeah he did he did really well in that in that game against PSG got his goal as well. Um, yeah, so hopefully, hopefully he can he can kick on because uh, yeah, there's, he's someone that there's been a lot of excitement around for a, for a couple of years, and this is a big 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 season for him. Yeah, Liverpool seems to be blessed with talented wide players in the first team, obviously, but even coming through the system, you know, just some out on loan, looks like they're producing a lot of good wingers. They have, yeah, especially you know when you you, know, you obviously you look at it and you've got you know Ryan Kent and and Ojo and and Harry Wilson um, that are obviously getting great experience elsewhere this season, um, you know, and and that's the kind of the level that Adekanye has to aspire to and and even higher, of course, with you know the ultimate aim is to is to try and rival Mane and, and Salah for a starting berth, which uh, is a you know a pretty daunting scenario, but. It's um he's, he's you know he has he has made some decent forward steps so far this season, Adekanye. Um you know he's he's got a great manager there in in, in Neil Critchley with the twenty threes playing regularly for them. Obviously with with the uh, UEFA Youth League being under nineteens, it does mean he can drop down and and play for Barry Lutus's side in that competition. So um yeah this you know this has got all the makings of a of a really big season for him. Another player who's came to prominence a little bit, even though I believe he's been at the club for a number of years, is Paul Glatzel. He scored, I think, six goals for the, for the under-18 so far. He wasn't on target against PSG. But have you been impressed by him? What are the people down at Kirby saying about this this young lad? Yeah, Paul's en- enjoyed a, a, a fantastic start to the season. I mean, he's um, his parents are German, but he's uh, Liverpool-born and been around the, the club for what, quite a while. But yeah, he's, um, he's really kicked on. I know speaking to Barry Lutus a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about how he'd rewarded him for you know his the way he leads by example with with the captain's armband for the 18s this season um you know, he was actually he was rested for the 18s 4-1 win over Newcastle at the weekend um because Liverpool wanted him fresh for the UEFA youth youth, youth league game um 
Yeah, and he does. He, you know, he leads the line really well. You know, he's, he puts himself about. He's he's strong physically. He's got a decent touch. Um, you know, he showcased that he's also a, a fine finisher in the in the games so far. And you know that strike partnership between Glatzel and and Bobby Duncan, uh, certainly in terms of the 18s, has, has started off really promisingly. Um, you know, I've seen a few of their games where Duncan tends to just drop off a little bit. Into into space and and some really nice link up play between the the two of them. So um, yeah, that's that that's that's a really kind of blossoming partnership. That uh, you know, and obviously with Duncan new to the club this summer, it's quite a new double act as well. But um, you know, the, the signs are very good. Yeah, the under 18s have started really well, apart from just the Paris Saint Germain win and the win at the weekend. Steven Gerrard did such a good job with them last season, but it seems like Bayer has come in and just continued where Steven left off. Yeah, he has. I think it probably helped the fact that he was he was at the club already. He'd worked with the, a lot of the players previously from the lower age group, so there was no real kind of adaptation period in um, for him in terms of getting to grips with the job. I think you know he knew exactly um, the talents of the players he was he was getting. And I think also even the the younger lads in the 18s squad um the way that things worked out in the second half of last season with obviously the 23s being depleted by loan spells it meant that um obviously the 18s lads people like Camacho and Curtis Jones moved up to the 23s so a lot of the you know the under 16s got experience in the under 18s league and i think that's probably helped Barry Lutus a bit as well that those players um you know they they know what's required at that level um and it's yeah it's been been really really promising so far one player Barry will be getting used to now is the young Dutchman let me try and pronounce his right name right uh, Kiana Hoover who's come from Ajax there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of talk about him you know they were really good to lose him but he made his debut at the weekend for the under 18s is, uh, is he someone we should be excited about yeah I mean I not, haven't, had the, the, uh, I haven't had the chance to actually watch him live yet but looking forward to to that happening over the next few weeks because yeah there was you know, a lot of talk in the summer when when it became clear that Liverpool were trying to sign him. Um, you know, speak to colleagues over in over in Holland, and you know they they rated Hoover as you know one of their best products at the Ajax Academy. And obviously, as we all know, you know that's one of the most prolific academies in Europe for bringing uh, young young players through. You know, at, you know Liverpool were able to kind of exploit the fact he he hadn't signed the professional deal to to get him for. For next to nothing, really. Um, obviously, he's had to sit tight and wait for international clearance to come through. Um, you know, I think that paperwork was always going to take a while. With Ajax not exactly delighted to to lose him, um, but now he's finally had the green light to to get his Liverpool career underway. So, you know, that'll do him good. You know, a, yeah, a gifted fullback and a and a set piece specialist as well. So, um, yeah, that, that's you know another really exciting addition and. You know that's kind of, I suppose, with with him and compared to you know Bobby Duncan and and Glatzel, it's kind of the two contrasts between you know at the same time Liverpool are yeah desperately trying to bring through local players and 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 tap into that that potential locally, but also you know the the scouting network is there across Europe and when the chance arises, they'll bring in you know elite European youngsters as well, which which all helps towards raising the standard. Just a quick one on the under-23s. They got off the mark at the weekend. It's been a bit of a frustrating start to the season for them, but a, a good win over Swansea. Yeah, they needed that. I think, obviously, it helped the personnel that were on duty. Um, you know, I, I was glad, actually, to see that 
Kloppard at, at centre, Rigi and Solanke and Nathaniel Klein to play in that game because it, I think sometimes Liverpool miss a trick there in terms of been a couple of times this season where you felt as if you know those on the fringes would have benefited from game time. I know, I know, obviously the Premier League and Premier Two, there you know you one doesn't prepare you for the other, but it's still it's still match time and and for for you know with Klopp's squad being. So so deep at the moment, and him having so many options, there are a lot of players short of of minutes. Um, so that was that was good to see, and obviously you know Origi, um I saw the highlights of that game and took his goal brilliantly, turning and nailing one into the corner. Solanke also got a goal. You know that'll do there. Confidence the world are good, and then Nat Phillips. You know we talked about Camacho and Jones earlier, and he was obviously Phillips was another one who made a big impression on the tour in the summer and he opened the scoring with a header against Swansea. Um, new keeper on display as well in, in Kai McKenzie uh, Lyle, um, who uh, who didn't have a huge amount to do because because Liverpool was so dominant. But um, yeah, I, th- I know from uh, being down at Kirby, I think it was a couple of weeks back now, just before the international break when the under-23s absolutely battered West Ham and somehow managed to, to come out on the back of a, of a 2-1 defeat with you know, Liam Miller missed a hat full of chances that day. Um, Critchley afterwards was saying he was concerned about the prospect of confidence levels in the squad taking a bit of a battering because you know, I think it, what, it had been four four games without a win, three draws and that defeat, and you know, for a team that was up there challenging for the title last season. Um, so you know, obviously, you'd you'd expect a Liverpool team with a Rigi, Solanke, and Klein to beat to beat Swansea under twenty threes, but. You know, I think just being part of a winning team will, uh, you know, would have put a spring in the step of some of those uh, those young players, and and hopefully the twenty threes can build on that uh, down at Arsenal on Friday night. Definitely, good week for the under twenty threes and under eighteens, and a good week to a good end to a, a bit of a testing week for the Liverpool FC women. You reported at the back end of last week that Neil Redfern had left after one game in charge. They followed that with. Uh, a League Cup penalty shootout win over Durham. Chris Kirkland took temporary charge. It was a bit of a tough story that for the for the team, wasn't it? Yeah, certainly from Liverpool's perspective. I know that the news about Redfern quitting came out of nowhere. Really, um, you know, obviously there'd been a lot of upheaval at the club over the summer. Um, you know, you know, a mass exodus of players and Redfern almost having to start from scratch in terms of compiling a squad. Um, and then obviously, you know, really disappointing start to the season to lose to United in the in the cup and then to take an absolute thrashing at the hands of Arsenal. And it certainly seems that, you know, that that those two results had kind of rocked Redfern's kind of uh desire and, and faith in, in what had been put in place because, you know, he, he told Liverpool that he didn't feel as if that with the squad they had that they'd be able to challenge this season. That was obviously what he wanted. Uh, so decided to to walk away. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what direction they go in now. Obviously, uh, Vicky Jepsen and Chris Kirkland took charge for last weekend, and um, yeah, that'll that'll do them the world of good. You know, you know, obviously, winning on penalties is always sweet, and and hopefully, you know, that that will lead to an upturn in in fortunes because obviously, you know, when you when you get off to a start in the Super League like they did against Arsenal, you you fear for them a little bit in terms of what the season's going to hold but uh yeah hopefully they can get a, a manager in in place quickly and uh and and you know look forward to to rosier times ahead the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo 
Liverpool women return to Women's Super League action at Brighton on Sunday afternoon. But first up is a Premier League 2 encounter for Neil Critchley's under-23s at Arsenal on Friday night. Barry Lutis's under-18s then make the short trip to Blackburn Rovers on Saturday morning. We'll be back next month and it will be great if you get the chance to review, rate or subscribe to the podcast we produce on the Blood Red channel. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.